Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Good luck with the most beautiful game. Do us proud. Red alert! They're up and running again. So smooth, so sweet, splendid, succinct, just glorious execution. Guys, all I'm looking for is 60% effort, 4,000% of the time. How sharp was that? Sharp of mind and body. And that's why you see those beautiful tears. Look at his movements. The most dangerous man on the planet, nobody picks him up. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Wonder Goal, the soccer betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff, and joining me for our Champions League futures preview are my co-hosts and colleagues, BJ Cunningham and Anthony DeBundo. On the show, we'll go through the entire futures board uh, for the upcoming Champions League, maybe touch a little on Europa League. We'll go group by group, give out our favorite bets, uh, and then get out of here. Uh, but before we do that, a reminder that Wonder Goal is... Proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer. Bet $1 on any game and get $200 in bonus bets. You must be 21 or older. The offer is available in Colorado, New Jersey, Ohio, Iowa, and Virginia in the United States. And if you have a gambling problem, please call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, gentlemen, uh, Champions League draw is out. It came out last week. A couple interesting pots, but uh, before we do it, a quick big picture view of the betting board. These are the odds at, from Bet365 to win the tournament. Uh, Man City, of course, is your clear favorite. They're 2-1. to one. Bayern, second favorite, plus 550. Real Madrid, 8-1. to one. Then we get into double digits with, with Arsenal, 10-1. to one. Barcelona, 14. PSG, 16-1. United, 20-1. Newcastle United, 25-1. to one. Napoli, Inter, Atleti. Atletico Madrid, they're all 25 to 1 as well. AC Milan, 33 to 1. Uh, Borussia Dortmund and Benfica are 50. RB Leipzig, 66. Sevilla, 80 to 1. Lazio, 100 to 1. Porto, 100 to 1. So is Sociedad. Uh, Union Berlin and Feyenoord, as, along with Lens, are 150 to 1. So is PSV Eindhoven. RB Salzburg, 200 to 1, along with Celtic. Galatasaray. Out of Turkey, we'll be talking about them a lot. Uh, two fifty to one, Braga two fifty to one. They're out of Portugal. Then it's Shakhtar, Antwerp, Red Star Belgrade at five hundred to one. Young boys from Switzerland seven fifty to one, and the biggest long shot of them all, Copenhagen uh, one thousand to one. We'll start right there. I know that was a lot to digest. Um, BJ, if you had to pick a, a team right now to bet. Uh, we'll talk long shots in a second, but let's start, let's stick towards the top of the board here. Uh, who would it be? Yeah, for a team that I think has a realistic shot of winning the Champions League, I mean, it's a team that I think we all bet last season. It's Barcelona at 16 to 1. Uh, here's the thing with Barcelona the last two years, you know, obviously two years ago, they got, I mean, two years in a row, they've been placed in a group with Bayern. And even two years ago, they were placed in a group with Benefica. And it's kind of before we knew how good Benefica was. And last year, they're obviously in a group uh, along with Inter, along with Bayern. So they've essentially been in two very, very difficult groups. 
in back-to-back years. Now they get the benefit in having one of the one of the easiest cakewalks of anybody in, in this entire Champions League field. And even if you go back to last season, the first match against Bayern Munich in Munich, they were the better team for the first hour of the match, and then Bayern scored on a counterattack, and that was kind of all she wrote. But this Barcelona team, not only do they have just as much talent as anybody in this entire Champions League field, but if you look at their underlying metrics in Spain from last season, they had a plus 1.11 expected goal differential. That was the second best mark, only behind City, in Europe's top five leagues. So why are they sitting at 16-1? to Is it because they sold Dembele? Is it because there's some other teams that are the market is perceiving as more talented than, like a Real Madrid, a Bayern, or an Arsenal? I have Barcelona power rated as the fourth best team in the world. And I think some of the signings they made this summer, bringing in Gundogan, bringing in Romeo, bringing in Martinez from Athletic Bilbao, really helps them through their spine and gives them a lot of depth. I mean, this was one of the best defensive teams across Europe. I know they ran well incredibly defensively, and they're not going to put up those type of defensive numbers again. But they still only allowed 0.87 non-penalty expected goals per 90 minutes. That's still very, very impressive in the second best league in Europe. So for a team who now has a cakewalk through their group through their group's, uh, stage, I think 16-1 to is a tad too long. I think Barcelona should be priced along with Arsenal and Real Madrid around the 10-1, to 9-1 to range. So I like the value on Barcelona at the best price you can find right now is 16-1. to I'll stick in Spain. Not a surprise. Uh, then I'll back uh, Atletico Madrid. And I'll be there with you on this Atleti, one. I, baby. I, I thought I'd give you the chance to. Yeah. And, and, and I'm not, I don't even think you need to bet it now. I think that you'll, even if they win the group, uh, they'll probably be hanging around this number uh, for a while. They're as high as 29 to one. But you, you just, you can trust Diego Simeone, especially in a bounce back year, Anthony, when he got to go back into the lab and tinker a little bit and became an offensive wonder. I mean, he's got he's got Atleti scoring goals for fun right now in La Liga. You got to trust him as a manager in these knockout stages, plus the group. I mean, I know that they disappointed last year in the group stage, but mm-hmm. uh, nothing nothing to be afraid of here. With they Lepelops. got really unlucky though, Michael. Let's be fair. Yeah, I know. Leverkusen it, 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 it and Club Brugge knocked Atletico Madrid out of the Champions League. Yeah, but Look, that was I last year. The, the the problem I have with Atleti is that like they were you, you could make this case in the past because it was like yeah. They're going to be insanely good defensively. They're going to take their chances, and they're well-managed and well-tactically drilled. But they're not even that good defensively anymore. They haven't been good defensively for like a year. So like that was the thing. That was the thing last they season, did that last worked. Season, last season, they weren't good defensively. And I don't think they're they going to be any better. I think they're just, they've, they've changed. Diego's changed. Maybe we'll they're see. a better league team now. Well, we'll see. We'll I'm, see. I'm, I mean, but, the, group's, uh, the group's interesting. Th- We're yeah. going to get into that, but... Um, I just think it's a, it's a, of the, of the teams in this kind of range, I think the path for them is fine. I mean, I'd much rather bet them than a team like Newcastle in that wild group. Uh, I'd much rather bet them than, than Inter. I like this team is, and the manager, I just have full, uh, (laughs) full trust in. So We'll see. I mean, you just always go down with the ship. That's that's what it's all about. So, uh, like I said, I think this number will be around. So I I, I want to go uh, rushing forward. If you want to get in on the mattress makers with me, Anthony. Uh, the other team I was kind of interested here is the one you landed on, but um, I didn't get there because I think it's it's an interesting buy low opportunity uh, on the the team you're about to to highlight, considering where they were priced the past what three or four champions leagues people forget that two years ago when we first started doing this podcast psg was power rated so highly that they were a favorite to win their group when they were paired with manchester city and i remember we all were like this is Mm -hmm. the most ridiculous line we've ever seen and uh city went on to win that group and and we said like how can you bet psg at this number and look i get it if you build uh, you know your power ratings based off how good players are when you have messi Neymar and Mbappe on the pitch at the same time, that team is automatically going to be one of the top three or four power rated teams in the world. And it never really bore out that way when they came to actually play the matches. And tactically with, with whether it was Pochettino, uh, you know, it did, did never really work. Neymar's lack of fitness certainly hurt them, you know, consistently in, in both the league and the champions league. They have never, you know, even under Gaultier, never really figured out, the right way to play. 
But what if they have now? Because they sold, you know, Messi leaves. He plays for Inter Miami now, in case you live under a rock, and they're going to win MLS. Neymar leaves for, for the Saudi League. And they've quietly done a really nice job of, of replacing them with players who better fit the roles around Mbappe. And Kylian Mbappe is still the best player in the world for my money, uh, actively. And, you know, that gives them this incredibly high attacking floor because when he's on the pitch, they're just going to be an excellent attack. And now with Dembele, you know, manning potentially one wing like he did uh, in the last matchup against Lyon. And then they go out and they buy Gonzalo Ramos from from Benfica and somebody who electrified the World Cup with his hat-trick debut. Somebody that we've all loved on this show and, and main reason why we loved Benfica as an underdog last year. And then they go get Colomwani from, from Frankfurt. Asensio's in the picture. Like they have built a team that is much more sustainable from a defensive perspective, because all, all of those guys are going to offer more off the ball than Messi and Neymar were. And also the price. I mean, we're used to getting PSG at like five to one, six to one, and it never made sense. But now you're getting them at 16 to one. And I actually like looking at these groups of death. You know, last year I bet Barca and we got them at 20 to one because they were in that group of death. The reality is that like, Okay, if they don't advance, they don't advance. That certainly is why the number goes down. But if we think that they can hit that ceiling and be as good as they've been, then it doesn't really matter who's in their group because they're going to advance. And I do think they will advance out of this group. So PSG, they just need to get through. And all of a sudden, 16 to 1 is a great ticket. And, you know, the manager, Luis Enrique, somebody that we've always liked. <laughs> and, you know, we've backed his Spanish sides because they've been so good at consistently developing elite attacks uh, through their, you know, very solid possession structures. Well, through the first four league matches in France, it's very early. PSG did not have uh, anybody for their first game. So you can, you can kind of throw that out, but they dominated Lens at home, dominated Lyon away. Uh, and, you know, these are two teams in France that are struggling at the moment. So I want to see them play like a informed France team before I'm like truly bought in, but them putting up, these ridiculously good XG numbers is incredibly impressive for me. And their defense is always going to be good. So, uh, you know, with Marquinhos and Skriniar, it's a, it's a reliable back, you know, two pairing and, and Hakimi is one of the best right backs in the world. So where's the hole? And, you know, the midfield's a little light. I think that's really the question here, but from a 16 to one number, like how much worse are they than Real Madrid? I don't think they're that much worse. So I like yeah. PSG. Yeah. It's uh, the group of death uh, like scares people. It's the same thing with when you're betting like tennis tournaments or, or March Madness, and people get scared away about the quarter that someone's drawn into. The upside, the upshot is, if, if they get through it, it almost automatically means they're in great form. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't hate the PSG look at all. Uh, long shots, real quick now. Anthony, you and I are in the same one. RB Leipzig, they got drawn into a group with Man City, the tournament favorites. It's not good, but when you look at the other two teams that they got placed with, it's uh, becomes a lot less scary. Young boys and Red Star Belgrade. Should be a lot of fun to have them back in the uh, in the Champions League with with that the atmosphere that ends up developing over there. I mean, Man City's trip should be out out of control. But uh, yeah, I, one one thing that I like about Leipzig too is first of all they're sixty six to one. They should get through the group, and then they're going to be a live underdog if they're you know depending on who they're playing, whatever. Hopefully, right? get a and, better, and they can't draw City in the round. And of they 16 can't draw now. City this time around. Nice. And two, like it's it's a team that typically gets better as the season goes along, right? Because they, they've got this insane talent pipeline that, that just keeps developing. And as other teams are dealing with injuries and whatever, like they're just they have this whole crop of young players that are getting you know settled into the squad by that point. They're fresh and. It's just not there. There's such a deep system that it's just not as big a deal when we get to like February and March. Other teams are are uh, are wilting across finish lines in, in different competitions. Um, so the, the upside's always there with them. And this has just been a, a consistently really good team in in the Bundesliga for half a decade now. So uh, sixty six to one, I think that they're the most appealing shot in, in that range. Uh, what do you have to add? Look, I agree. Uh, I don't usually play a ton of, of Champions League features before the group stage, but I have fired on both PSG and Leipzig because when you look at the teams priced around Leipzig, I don't know that any of them have the ceiling that Leipzig does to get to uh, you know that level where they're just a tier below the two top teams, which I think are pretty clearly City and Bayern on paper. So Leipzig last year played at like a top eight in the world level in the second half of the season. They lose a ton of players, and we've talked about Leipzig a good amount on this show already. 
I've watched every minute that they played this year because they're a fascinating team to me, and I wanted to see, you know, how does Sesco, Oponda, and and and, and, and Simons work together, and and can they make this work? And look, this attack is firing. I mean, they, uh, you know, comfortably beat Union away from home, which is hard to do. I know they got a red card in the second half, but they were the better side clearly. Uh, they rolled Stuttgart, a team that I think is quite underrated in Germany. Uh, they beat Bayern in the Super Cup already. Like they have lost their two most important players. And Kunku and Gavardiol, and they have not missed a beat. So, you know, it's impressive. And they lose Solaboshlai and immediately have a replacement. Danny Olmo has been awesome. Like, they've already gotten, like, breakout games from Oponda, from Omo, from Sesco, and the season's, like, a month old. So I'm really encouraged by this Leipzig team. And like you said, they always have the talent coming through. So, yeah, I mean, they're going to come in second in the group probably. They're going to avoid City, and they're going to avoid Bayern in the round of 16. They can't be drawn against the two best teams in the round of 16. So I think they're going to probably, I mean, there's going to be some pretty weak group winners, which we're about to get into. I think that they're interesting from a, like can actually get to a semifinal or final and win this thing. Maybe not. Cause like, you know, they're just not as good as city or Byron, but they've beaten Byron before. So I, I wouldn't count them out. Uh, and BJ, uh, a team, uh, just donation. Yeah. But no, we're going to be talking about this team quite a bit on this show. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll we'll get to this when we get in group A, but yeah, uh this bet probably isn't going to win, but just purely from a pricing perspective, this team should not be sitting around 251. They should be in more in the 100 to 1, 90 to 1 range. Galatasaray. Boy, have they been busy this summer. They have <laughs> brought in a lot a lot of guys to tool up for this Champions League. Wilfred Zaha Davidson Sanchez, Demerbay, Tete, Angelino, Tenge, and Dombele, Ziyech. This team has talent. Marco Accardi has been there for last season. Mauro. Mauro Accardi back from the dead. Back from I, the th- dead. I honestly 20, couldn't have told you where he was playing. Like, 22 goals last season. A second to only enter Valencia uh, in the Turkish Super League. But last season, you know, the Turkish Super League is very interesting because they have money. And a lot of the top teams do buy up a lot of these kind of cast off guys who can't really find a place into a Premier League squad. So that essentially, they've just taken this banned island of misfits who haven't really found a a place in one of the bigger sides, and they've turned it into something that's actually kind of good, and I think can actually challenge a lot of these top teams, especially in Group A, which we'll get to in a second. Plus one point one six expected goal differential in Turkey, which is the eighth best league in Europe. They're they also play a style like they're not they're not going to be like Brendan Rodgers Celtic where they're going to be like this slow, progressive, pragmatic team that just needs to build out of the back with all these short passes. Actually, in Turkey, they use a lot of vertical passing crosses and like to uh, utilize the space in behind the defense. So that sets up really, really well for the teams that they're going to be playing in Group A. So you get to the round of 16. You potentially get a favorable draw. You know, if you remember the last season, uh, Club Bruges, I believe, won their group and uh, gave Benefica a pretty favorable draw there. So, like, something like that could potentially happen where they get a good draw in the round of 16. We get to the quarters and suddenly you have a 250 ticket that's live. They should not be 250 to one. They're better. They yeah. have, like, per transfermarket.com, they have a higher squad transfer value than both Sevilla then Lazio, then Feyenoord, then PSV, all of these teams. So they shouldn't be priced down there. That's that's the main argument here for this price. So if you want a team that could potentially make a quarterfinal and maybe luck box their way, similar to what Sevilla did in the Europa League last season, maybe. It's probably not going to win, but the price is too high. Galatasaray 250-1 to one to win the Champions League. Yep, no doubt the best like long like absurd long shot on the board yep. is 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 Galatasaray. Yep, yeah, and uh, I think a lot of times when we talk about like the teams that are in this range, they have like uh, an up and comer that we're we're excited about, like uh, Ramos last year or whatever. Like this is a team full of just veteran champions. I mean, I know Zaha's guys. never played in the Champions League, but like veteran players who who know how to kind of handle these situations. So I'm not. They're- their manager has managed in the Champions League before. For yeah, they got Muslera in goal. Like, yeah, guys, that guy is is a World Cup legend for for Uruguay. Like this is a, I'm I'm, I mean, I'm on board. Uh, yeah, and let's stick there. Uh, we'll, we'll go group by group now. Group A, this is a, this is fun, not the most fun group 
on the board, but it's 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 up there. Uh, Bayern is odds on to win it at minus one eighty eight. Manchester United two to one. The aforementioned Galatasaray ten to one. Uh, Copenhagen thirty three to one. I mean, we just talked about it, BJ. You don't even have to add anything yeah. in. Uh, we're on uh, the Turkish club to advance here, Anthony. Well, the the biggest thing that happened was that uh, Bayern and Barca were not drawn in the same group, so BJ will be uh, saving some money this year, uh, not betting Barcelona against Bayern <laughs> Munich, which he loved to do, and I don't I'm... know that he ever won a single bet. Nope. Um, I kept telling him, "Don't do it." I'll and, do it again uh, when they uh, they'll draw them in the round of six or the round of six or the quarterfinals, and I'll I'll do it again. Yeah, the, you know, Bayern has destroyed this group stage. They've been the like the ultimate group stage dons. They never lose. They win their group every year. They usually take all 18 points. Sometimes they like rest people and only take 16. But I don't really see a ton of uh, resistance here in this group. Like United, I could see myself, you know, the, them getting tripped up here with United and, and Galatasaray, United especially, like can still be dangerous as an underdog playing on the break against some of these teams. And Bayern has the same flaws that they always do with their defensive transition. It's why they wanted Paulinha. It's why they, you know, they didn't get him in. Uh, ultimately, like 160, minus 160 is a little short, I think. Uh, I think they should be closer to like 2, 210. But, uh, I, you know, with my betting on Galatasaray, you, you can kind of see where this is going and, and where our pod is going, as it always seems to go, which is that we think Man United is getting way too high of a market valuation. And you can just look at like the outright odds even and see like, okay, Man United is 10 to 1, 12 to 1 to win this competition. I, I, I think that's insane. I mean, they, I think they're going to be better than they were against Arsenal because they get Hoyland in there and, and he'll start and that'll make them better. And maybe Amrabat helps with their buildup. But this team just doesn't defend nearly well enough, I don't think. And I think that's going to make them very dangerous. They did get a little bit of a break with the group matchups in the sense they will start with Bayern, which probably means they start with a loss. That also means they get to end with Bayern at home on the final day, which if Bayern has already won the group, Bayern could rotate a little bit, maybe. Although, again, we've seen that against teams in the Mm -hmm. past. They still win. So uh, that would certainly help them. Uh, Galatasaray gets to host uh, United in in the fifth match week as well. So that's probably what decides this group. Really, though, if Bayern holds chalk and wins its matches it's supposed to, uh, there doesn't have to be a lot to go wrong for Galatasaray at four to one to advance here. So I, I love it's one of my favorite tickets that I've I've already bet uh, for the group with Galatasaray. I mean they're putting up really good numbers. They dominated qualifying, got through. Like they've been really impressive. And we we talked about the talent base. I mean it's it's a collection of players that have all played in the Champions League for top top teams. A uh, and they're known as the conqueror of Europe. Um. Yeah, I mean, you can kind of like put this roster if you just put this roster and put them on Benfica, which which is not like that crazy to say, or like a you know a Sporting Lisbon from from years past or something. This this number would be eighty to one, right? Like it's not. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's just because this is a, a team coming from from the Turkish league that it's. And Benfica uh, was that I believe two years ago they were in the hundred and fifty to two hundred range uh, for a yep. while, and then last year I believe they were around hundred to one, and then you see as we we see them continually making the round of 16 it's like okay this team is actually pretty good so yeah, now shorter and shorter 50 to 1 and it happened with IX too like you know when IX got yeah. rated for all their great players and then we all had that 100 to 1 ticket on them and then you know they that champions league that they should have won what was that 3 years ago 2 years ago and then you saw it last season where they were sitting you know 100 to 1 even after they got rated so it's like it's uh we'll see if Galatasaray you know wins the Turkish league again and they come back with the same roster They'll be a hundred to one. Like this is how it goes. Um, all right, we'll move on to Group B. I, I also want to just mention that the the Champions League is known as a, I think, as a chalky competition. Um, but we get these long shots through to later stages in the tournament all the time, and and we'll you'll see at least one surprise group winner. Um, Bruges and Benfica were were the ones last year. Uh, then you'll we get one usually. Get, was that? We had Benfica last year. Yeah. So, nope. so yeah. I didn't, didn't have Bruges. Bruges. None of us had Bruges. Yeah. None of us had yeah. Bruges. I think uh, BJ bet against them every match. Every match. But um, so it just bears repeating that while, yeah, it's it's probably going to go to City or Bayern or uh, Real Madrid or one of these big clubs at the very, very end, those will be the teams that are lifting the trophy. These uh, upstarts gate crash all the time. So don't be afraid if we see another like Villarreal and uh, 
even Inter. What was Inter? 33 to 1? 34, uh, don't remind me. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, freaking Lukaku, man. Keep that in mind. Group B now. DJ's <sighs> Arsenal. Odds on it. Minus 200 to win it. Sevilla. Plus 450. They're the second favorite. PSV out of the Netherlands. 6 to 1. Lens out of League 1. 7 to 1. This sets up well for Arsenal. I think we can all agree there. None yep. of us are, are true believers in Sevilla. Despite their prowess as a as a tournament team, even even in down years, they they somehow win a win a lower level European trophy. It seems like. Um, so I guess the the race for second is wide open. BJ, what what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I I um, I'm just going to straight fade Sevilla in this group. Them not to advance at minus one twenty. Um, I think we've been through Sevilla so many times, but I'll just reiterate it. If maybe this is someone listening to the first time for us, but Sevilla last season. Minus eight expected goal differential in Spain. They were a bottom three defense, allowing 1.43 XG per 90 in the lowest scoring league among Europe's top five leagues. Then they went through this insane luck box run through the Europa League. Knockout round, or the knockout playoff round against PSV, who they'll be facing in this tie. Loss on XG over the two legs, 1.5 to 2.8. Then they played Fenerbahce, loss on XG 0.8 to 2.8. Then they went and played Manchester United. And if you remember that at the time, Manchester United was dealing with a lot of injuries. They had to play Harry Maguire at center back. Like it just wasn't a good situation for them. They did play them even on expected goals and, and got through against them. Then they went and played Juventus, lost to them on XG, 3 to 3.8. And then obviously beat Roma on penalties and killed our 23 to 1 ticket when Roma beat them on XG, 1.9 to 0.8. Like that's how insane their run was to get through and win the Europa League. So if you're someone coming in and be like, oh, Sevilla, they won the Europa League. Like, they must have a good shot here to get through. Like, no, this team is awful. They've been awful so far to begin the season in La Liga. They've lost their first three matches. They are one of my favorite teams to fade in La Liga, but somehow they just keep getting lucky in these type of European competitions. So you look at the other two teams in this group, you know, PSV, if I were to bet one team or the other, PSV or Lens, I would bet PSV. They did lose some of their talent. You know, if you look at PSV, they're a 1.45 XG per 90 minute team in the Netherlands last year, which is the best mark of anybody there. But that was half a season with Cody Gakpo, a full season with Xavi Simons, who was honestly one of the better players in, in the Eredivisie, one of their best midfielders. Sangare is now moved on to Nottingham Forests and there goes 38% of their goals. So they did bring in yeah. some production to replace them. You know, Lozano from Napoli, no Lang from club Bruges. Like that's encouraging no stuff, Lang, but the man, yeah, I, uh, I, they're not going to produce that type of production that Gakpo and Simone was doing it. So um, they're not as frightening as they were last season. Then you look at Lens, you know, they just lost two of their best players. Alpenda, who's obviously off to Leipzig. Fofana, one of their best midfielders, is off to the Saudi League. They did make some encouraging additions. You know, Wai coming over from Montpellier, who had a good finishing rate last year, 19 goals. But asking him to replace Alpenda's production is, is asking a bit much. And then there's also the fact that they ran insanely good defensively. 28 goals allowed off of 43.3 perspect, uh, expected. And Bryce Samba was only a plus 4 point or 5.4 post-shot XG plus minus keeper. So it's basically just teams, for whatever reason, just couldn't finish against them. So uh, if they get some negative regression coming this season, which they've already seen it kind of start the season, they've had to play uh, Ren, Monaco, and PSG to begin the season. It has not gone well. Uh, they've gotten pretty well dominated in those three matches. Um, if you had to bet a team to get through, I think it would be PSV, but I'm just going to straight bet Sevilla not to advance and just basically just part, you know, do a <laughs> double chance between PSV and Lens. You know, I, are there's, there is another team to win their group that I like with Arsenal on a parlay that I'll get to later in the, in the show, but yeah, Arsenal should very, very easily cruise through this group. And honestly, yeah, Arsenal, two. Arsenal, uh, may not be in the Europa league anymore, but they got a Europa league ass group. They did. I mean, this is weak <laughs> shit, man. Yeah. I mean, Sevilla to finish exactly third. If they offered that, I would bet that because that gets what get that's what gets them into the Europa League playoff round. They can go do their magic. But yeah, I mean, like we had a conversation about Sevilla before the year. Like, is this Mendeley Bar improvement real or is it just like kind of a fluke? It was Ru- a fluke. I think I'm pretty safe to say. I mean, like, and the series been been you know he's when he's out there, their attack's good because he's so good in the air. But they have no defenders. No defenders. Sergio Ramos. And, uh, that's true. Sergio Ramos coming in. He <laughs> saved the day. Ramos. If, if, if they circle. were to go, if they finish third and they go play Liverpool in the, in the playoff wow. round, Mo Salah is going to have to go. Mo Salah is going to force a move to Saudi Arabia before he has to play that match. <laughs> but, but, 
in, in seriousness, I just don't know who to back here. Like you mentioned it with PSV. Like I've liked PSV and, and I bet PSV a lot in the Europa League last year, but I don't like this is just not the same team anymore. They lost it. They got raided and they always seem to have the next crew of guys coming through, but it feels like a transition year for them. And, you know, no Gakpo, no, no, no Simons, no Sangari. Like, Branthwaite. It's just not that good of a team. So Branthwaite, Branthwaite was, like, uh, was imperious for them in the, in the center of that defense last year. No, true. he's back home. Uh, all right. So I think, and we, we can just bet against Sevilla too, with these teams as well. Like it's, yeah, you don't need to just lock it up. Yeah. In the I future. mean, Sevilla's like a, a minus one ten favorite against, uh, I believe lens in the first match. So. Although I, I already see myself betting Sevilla at home against Arsenal in like a nice spot with um, a good number. I think it's going to be a really good look for, for them at home. Uh, group C Real Madrid minus 188. Napoli, last year's darlings, plus 225. Braga out of Portugal, 12 to 1. And Union Berlin, how about it? 12 to 1. Uh, another looks straight, pretty straightforward here. Uh, we, we do tend to bet against Real Madrid in this competition in, in the early stages. It's they know that they can kind of get away with spotting uh, FC Sheriff a win or two uh, in, in the group stage and still go to the, go to the final. But Anthony, you uh, you have some value on a on a group winner, and it's uh, unfortunately not Real Madrid. This would have been your first. I thought maybe we see your first ever bet on Los Blancos. I'm trying to think, I've ever bet Real Madrid in my life, maybe once or twice, uh, but this is not one of those times. Uh, you know, they they scored another late winner against Getafe to just absolutely break my heart. If if you watched the, if you. They put up like nine minutes on the board, and I'm like, are you, are you people serious? How are there nine minutes? And what that actually meant was we're going to play until Real Madrid goes up 2-1, to one, and then we're going to call the game immediately. That's basically what happened. Uh, the goalie just fumbles the ball. Bellingham taps it in, does his patented Carlos Alcaraz-inspired celebration now. And uh, I was burnt, but that's, uh, that's sour grapes. That's water under the bridge. I don't think there's a huge gap here. Uh, I think Napoli is still as good as, as these top uh, teams and and yes, I have Real Madrid slightly better, but not enough to the point where Napoli can't tear this defense apart with Kavarchkelia and Osimhen on the break. And we've seen Napoli play in possession a lot. There have not been a lot of examples where they've had to play out of possession, but those examples where we have seen it against Liverpool in the Champions League last year, uh, you know, some matches against Inter where Inter had more of the ball, like they have proven themselves to be a very good transitional team because they have an elite dribbler and an elite uh, athlete, you know, in, in Osamen and finisher. So the two of those guys, man, that's a better winger striker partnership than Vinicius and whatever Real Madrid thrown out there right now. And Vinicius is already dealing with an injury. So that could matter. I, I do expect him to be back in more than enough time for that matchup because they're going to play the second and fifth match weeks. But in a group where I really don't really think Braga is any good, uh, and Union will be annoying as hell to play, but <laughs> I don't think that defense holds up. I think, the, I think that that's going to be the biggest thing of this. You know, we're going to talk about Union a lot this year and how great they were defensively last year. I just don't know how sustainable that is uh, given with what league they play in. So I think there's going to be some defensive regression for Union. Uh, you even saw it in Europe last year. I mean, their defense wasn't as good in Europe as it was in the Bundesliga. So uh, I think that this is a pretty straightforward group. You know, maybe Union pulls an upset, but. Uh, for me, if, if you can find, I don't think any markets are having it, but if you can find to finish last, I like Braga there, especially like even up against Union. I think Union's a better, much better team. But from a betting perspective, I just think Napoli plus 240 is a bit short. I expected them to be a slight dog, not a big dog to Real Madrid. Group D. I think this is uh, what what you'd call the opposite of the group of death, or maybe the softest group uh, when you look top to bottom. The group of life. The group of life. <laughs> and I'm pretty excited to play this one. Inter is odds on slightly minus 125. Benfica plus 250. Uh, then we have Real Sociedad from the Basque country. They're plus 550. And RB Salzburg becoming Champions League mainstays lately. Uh, they are 8-1. to one. I like Sociedad to, to top the group here. I think that this thing is, is wide open. Yeah, Inter deserves to be a favorite. But of all the favorites, like what, what would the price be on... Arsenal in this group would be minus what 225 or so maybe even a little um shorter this is 
this thing's wide open. It's it's just the perfect group to go after a long shot. And and I'd rather play Sociedad, who I think has a has more legs to to pull the upset and, and top the group than Salzburg, considering how just how good this defense was in La Liga last year. And it's a settled squad. Same manager has been there forever. I think what 2018. Um, he's been there for. This is a team we've liked. I think he was the guy. Who, did he replace David Moyes? That's how long he's been there. Um, so they they kind of just tick a lot of the boxes for for a team that I, I'd want to back to be there when the dust settles because there should be a lot of dust in a, in a group like this. Any team could beat any of the other ones on any given match day. Anthony, uh, I know you're coming with me here. Yeah, uh, I think Benfica's coming down the mountain. You know, last year Benfica was the team that we all backed and said like, how are they plus three fifty to advance in a group with PSG and Juventus and. Uh, we rode the Benfica train, but now they lose, you know, Nunez two summers ago and, and Ramos this summer, and, and they've kind of lost a ton of talent here. And I think uh, as much as I love uh, Roger Schmidt, I, I think that there is regression looming for this Benfica team, and thus I'm looking to play against them. I think Inter's a clearly better team. They showed that in the Champions League last year. Uh, and I think that, uh, you know, Benfica and Sociedad are pretty much on equal footing for me in terms of true talent. Uh, you know, Sociedad have had a slow start in the season, but a lot of that has come down to uh, injuries. They've had to play a couple matches without their their best players, uh, and as a result, have not been very good. But this is a, a a Benfica team that has lost enough for me to be kind of just generally out on them overall. Yeah, and we, we you knew that they were going to be over them and Inter a little bit, right? Inter just went to the final. Benfica was a Cinderella last year. They're going to be a little. Uh, charged a little bit of a premium, especially in a group like this. So, and, and like I'd much rather play the team with with the de- defensive record that Sociedad than what could be an, a young upstart uh, from Salzburg who could, you know, lose six one to any team in this competition, but also win three three nil against them. So, uh, we'll be on Sociedad here. BJ, you're going in a different direction though. Yeah, I like Inter to win this group at minus one twelve. I think the price is uh, a tad short on a team that's coming off a Champions League final, and you know. E- you look at the center team comparatively to what the team they were last year, and I'm asking the question, you know, Anthony made a great point about Benefica and what they've lost and kind of how they are coming down the mountain. And even if you look at Benefica last season, you know, a lot of their great numbers are for half a season with Enzo Fernandez and then also a full season with Gonzalo Ramos. Now they don't really have a, a true striker that, that can give them the type of production that Ramos did. Um, and even if you look at their results in Portugal, like, yes, they were close to a 1.7 XG differential per 90, like for much of the season, like that's incredibly impressive. But when you look at their matches against Sporting, against Porto and against Braga, they only won two of those six matches and they only had a plus three expected goal differential in those matches. So it's a lot of stat padding against, you know, the rest of Portugal, which is a steep, steep drop off between those over those top four teams. Enter. Just signed Benjamin Pervard to replace Screener. I know he's not going to play the central center back role, but they obviously lose Onana. But Inter's not a team that needs to play out of the back. You know, they play out of a 3 5 2. They're a team that's much, much better playing direct, playing in transition. They still have Latero Martinez. They have the same midfield, the same wing backs. And they went inside Anthony's boy, Taram, to play up top with Martinez. And it's, and it's been a great partnership so far. I mean, Inter's off and running in Syria. Three matches in, eight nothing, and they just pounded Fiorentina four nothing. Three point seven expected goals. I think this team is still really, really good, and shouldn't you know be priced this low against what Benfica is. And I agree with you guys. I do like Sociedad to advance, but I think the talent level comparatively between them and Inter, it's it's pretty steep. So I do like Inter. Yeah, I agree. At minus one twelve. I think the price is just a little too short on a team that talent-wise, has much, much more talent than both Benefica and Sociedad in this group. And, and Salzburg, it's the same story every single season. Yes, they will be in the Champions League every single year, but they will also get raided every single year because they are a feeder club to RB Leipzig and other clubs around the world where they just bring in the 19, 20-year-old sensations, and then if they hit for one season, then they're gone. You see no Okafor is now at AC Milan. Sesco mm-hmm. is now at RB Leipzig. So there you go. There's your two best attackers gone. So I don't think they have much of a shot in this group. They'll always be fun, though. I mean, they're gonna be young. They they're gonna be tough to beat. Uh, they'll always they're all, they'll, good, they'll always go for it. They will never good, ever... good dog to back at home. I mean, this yeah. is the most. I think that's fair. You know, the group of life conversation about like how this group is the most balanced. I think that's a good point. But I do agree that Inter is clearly the class. 
Benfica to me just like Arthur Cabral is, is the guy that's going to yeah. like, he wasn't even the first choice at, at Fiorentina. Like, so they just lost a lot. At some point it's, you have to retool. Group the e. defense also feels like it, like they, they were so good defensively last year and it just like, given how Schmidt plays, they're so aggressive. I think that there's real regression coming there, and you're already you're, you're kind of seeing it in Portugal. Like they've conceded over one xG the last two two three matches, so maybe there's some signs of regression there. Out on Benfica, Inter for PJ Sociedad for Anthony and myself. Different ways. Group E. Uh, this is where our our buddy Diego Simeone is going to be playing his trade. His Atleti are minus one sixty three favorites to win it. Lazio three to one. Feyenoord. Six to one and Celtic, nine to one. <laughs> uh, BJ, we we, we like, donated so much like money on group of vomit or something like that. I mean, <laughs> don't disrespect Feyenoord. We the Nord. <laughs> okay, can I talk uh, about Feyenoord for a second? Because I know Anthony likes them to advance here. I think there's some, I think there's some problems with them, especially going into these first couple of match weeks because Santiago Jimenez, their best striker, is going to be suspended for two matches. That's not great. Their starting goalkeeper is going to be injured until the beginning of November. That's not great. They just lost the Iredivisie player of the season in Kochu, who's now off to Benfica, their midfielder, solidity there. That's not really great. I want to fade Lazio like everybody else, right? I mean, that we've been talking about them so much on this podcast. They did retool a little bit this summer, but still, I mean, it's not enough to make up for the amount of negative regression that's coming for them. Atletico at minus 175 to win this group. When I saw that, I kind of laughed. I was just like, really? They're that long to win this group? So uh, no no chance in hell I'm playing that. And then so I, I went and I looked at Celtic. You guys know who the manager is of Celtic right now? Braj? Brendan Rodgers. B-Raj. He's back. Yeah, he's back. Celtic. Yeah. Uh, Post-Koglu set, up, set him up perfectly to continue the style of play, continue to uh, play this high-pressing intensity style throughout Scotland and hopefully that it would translate into the Champions League which last year if you remember Celtic just got caught on the rise the wrong side of variance in a few matches and they really could have got through that group but um everything we know about Brendan Rodgers is he wants to play slow pragmatic build up style build out of the back and, and a lot of short passing combinations to get the ball moving up the field not really the post Koglu like one touch let's go let's get the ball moving forward uh, I, I highly doubt that's going to work in this group. You know, they lose Jota to the Saudi League. Uh, they still have a lot of their great attackers. Furuhashi is still there. Um, good solidity in the midfield and, and experienced center backs as well. So I thought about playing Celtic, but I think the way to attack this group, because Feyenoord is going to be dealing with those injuries and suspensions, also trying to retool and replace one of their best players, I think waiting is the best possible outcome for them and seeing what happens after their first two matches and then playing them to advance right after that. Because plus 150, I think, is a little short uh, considering, you know, they're going to play Celtic and Atletico Madrid to begin this. And then once they get Santiago Jimenez back, they have back-to-back matches against Lazio. And I think that's where you can attack Feyenoord and really get them through this group. So I'm going to wait and play Feyenoord to advance after their first two matches. Yeah, and Anthony, you're, uh, I've, I've, got, I've got nothing in this group. I, I was tempted by Celtic, but I'll probably just play them game to game. But uh, they just hurt me too much last year. That Real Madrid match to open was just insane. Anthony, what do you have? Yeah, you know, I'm a little worried about uh, Jimenez uh, because of the suspension certainly lowers their uh, attacking output. This is a guy that was monitored by Man United and Brighton this summer. Like, the big clubs were calling. Uh, and the big clubs were calling for Arnie uh, Slot to come be the, the next manager. I mean, Tottenham had him on the short list. So I think that that gives you kind of an indication of what Feyenoord has become in the Dutch League. And, uh, and I think that they're absolutely poised to be dangerous in this group. This is a team that, you know, for large stretches of the match against uh, Roma in the first leg was the better side in the in the Europa League group stage first round last year. Uh, they pretty much rolled through uh, the the group stage. You know, they, 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 they had some defensive issues, but they've bolstered up their defense, brought a new left back uh, in Hartman and a new center back in, in Hanko. And I do still like this midfield duo with with Weefer and Timber. Like they're they're good enough. 
Uh, and then, you know, with, with Jimenez, like they're going to be really tough out. So uh, I know they're not going to happen for the first two matches, but I'm still backing the Nord and I, I, I trust the manager and trust that this team. So in a group where there's three teams, I really don't like, you know, I think it's a huge jump up for Celtic. And we kind of saw that at parts of last year's group stage. And then, you know, Letty and Lazio, two teams that, you know, I have no love lost for, uh, I'm going to back the Nord and to, uh, to advance here. I, I did not bet them to win the group because uh, the the suspensions are certainly a concern, but they spent a lot of money this summer too. People forget, like they went out and spent. So I think this is a real team. I don't think they're necessarily going to fall off the way I'm concerned about, like say a PSV. Uh, and thus I will, uh, I'll back them again. We the Nord. I give it, I give it till looks like Christmas before you're all in uh, at Letty this year Anthony I just I just don't think I ever will be no we'll see I mean look if if they become like this defensive juggernaut again and that's the thing like so many of these the world in general and England has driven this is there's been so much of a tilt toward attacking uh, via tactics and how managers are setting their teams up and uh, there's less stout defending in Europe right now than there's ever been I'd argue even like a Barcelona every time they go on every time they go into Europe they get destroyed transition um, that I could respect an Atleti if they wanted to do that, but they're not going yeah, to. They're just, not doing that. We'll right see. Now. We'll see. I mean, it's been, we'll see it's if it works for Leon Blanc. I will. I will never bet Atleti win the Champions League this season. Never. All I right. don't care. Uh, you guys will never convince me of that. All right. Uh, group F. This is the group of death. PSG. Understatement. <laughs> yeah, it's probably the best we've ever seen. Uh, group F. Is has PF, PSG at the top, but they are the only favorite that is an odds-on in the entire tournament. They're plus 110 uh, to win the set. Newcastle plus 225. That looks a little like a lot of respect for, for, for the Magpies, I think. Uh, AC Milan, 5-1. to one. Dortmund, uh, plus 550. I think that you could make an argument for basically any team. It's hard, I guess, for Dortmund right now, but Newcastle to me looks like the the worst price of the bunch. Yeah. I, I I'm going to be going against them. I think a lot in this this Champions League. I think people were were just itching to to like label them a dark horse to, in this competition. In and then the draw came out and nobody stopped <laughs> doing it. Like it's like it's it, it. This price is crazy. I think. Um, well, I I could see like if if there weren't pots and they got drawn like Bayern PSG. And Barca, we'd be like, well, you know, they're pretty good yeah, in that role where they don't have would, the possession. Yeah, what would the price be? <laughs> right, I well, know it's a good, yeah, right. Like that's the thing. Like <laughs> yeah. this, 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 the price is what's killing me here. Uh, well, it actually moved a lot. Uh, the market. So there were some openers. There were some soft openers, to be fair. Uh, but most books opened like PSG right around where they are. Dortmund and Newcastle, kind of in the middle-ish, like three fifty range. And then Milan was the clear like five Four to one, fourth team, yeah. And the market has kind of gone where I would have gone on that, which is like Newcastle's probably closer to PSG, and Dortmund is probably closer to Milan. And you could actually make a case, I think, that Milan should be ahead of Dortmund. And they are starting to get there in some books, yeah. And now they are, yeah. So yeah. you know the market's caught on here. I, I just throw my hands up in the air and say, hope PSG advances. Maybe I guess I hope they win the group since I just bet them in the Champions League. But Newcastle does set up well to beat Dortmund, man. I think that that's the yeah, match that's for Dortmund. Me. I think Dortmund is well. If they beat Dortmund, right. they just need to beat Milan. I, I still think they're better than Milan too. Yeah, I just don't think it. It's it's this. They should be this short to win the group, is what I'm saying. I, th- I don't know. It just seems a little crazy. I mean, I mean, even like their their big picture future. They were what twenty-two to one to win the Champions League, and and they drifted a little bit after being drawn into this set. Yeah, that's what would what would the the market have done in that? What would that market have done if they were drawn into uh, what what is it? The Group D with Inter, uh, Sociedad, and yeah. uh, Salzburg, right? Like they would have been like sixteen to one or fourteen to one. So, I I just I think that there's a lot of peril for them to not get through here, and. We're starting to maybe see some cracks in the armor in in the Premier in League. Newcastle, yeah, <sighs> yeah. I mean, they it lost fired. a city. They lost a city on the road. 
Liverpool. They lost to Brighton on the road. Right, yeah. And they had like a but pretty good were... performance against Newcastle, against Liverpool, and then like collapsed in like five minutes. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, they, they lost. That, you could, you could, I mean, lost. shit. That, that you could tell the me they, okay. Those are the they, kind of teams you play in the Champions League all the time. Yeah, but you could tell me they lost the three best teams in the league, and I wouldn't necessarily bat an eye. Like, I would say, yeah. Uh, they, yeah, but they, when, when you watch, like, when you watch, I think when you say that, right, and then you look at how they lost in those games, you'd be like, okay, maybe there's some issues here. I think, it, like, if if Tottenham had lost those matches in that fashion, you'd be like, oh, I'm out. Not really. Nah. I mean, that's what I think Tottenham is, too. I would say, like, well, I hope they play some teams that are, like, a little worse so we get a better, <laughs> better re- I mean, they also beat Villa by, like, four on opening day and, like, destroyed them. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, they were good. But that's Aston Villa. Like, that's Aston Villa. They played them at home. Like, you're playing in the that's Champions like a, that's League That's like now. an average team. Yeah, you're playing uh, How the... much better is Villa versus, like, a Dortmund or a Newcastle Milan, or, better, or a Milan? Villa would, Villa would be a, lo- a longer price than both Milan and Dortmund in this group. Yeah, I don't think they'd be that much longer, though. That's... Uh... BJ, what, they're good. What's, they're what's good. the I Milan case? This, I think that okay. this... This is here's I think BJ that has this, a case for Milan. I'm, I'm curious what it is. Milan. And I think that Yeah, I agree with him too, because I think, I think that Anthony's Anthony's the second team you have to beat in this group is not right. crazy good. I think Anthony's poo-pooed Milan enough on the show. And I think it's unfair. Uh because if you look through the Champions League last year, like they were good. Like they didn't luck box their way into the semis. Like they had an incredibly convincing win over Napoli in that first leg. They convincingly won against Tottenham, and then they kind of saw it out, obviously, against uh, against Napoli. And then, yes, they were the worst side against Inter, but especially in this group. Okay, yes, AC Milan, they lose Tonali, they lose Briam Diaz, and those were two of their more important players last season. But I like the signings that they've made this summer to retool their midfield and attack. Like Pulisic is looking great. Chiquese coming over from Villarreal is a great signing. Musa and Ruben Loftus Cheek gives them really good solidity in their midfield. Like, I think this team is very, very good. And if what we saw from Pioli last season is that he can set his team up in a good, solid low block and play in transition, which is exactly what you need to do against teams like Dortmund and PSG. And then obviously, you know, against Newcastle, it'll be whatever. But the, the case here, I, I'm i kind of in the middle between you two on Newcastle. Like, I think the, I agree with you, Michael. I think the price is a little crazy here on Newcastle. I don't think that they should be. And it was always bucks. going to be. Like, that's, that's my argument. It was like yes. always going to be. It, it was like people couldn't wait for this. And and so to make them the short price. I'm going to raise my hand because if you were if you were in the Discord with us during the draw. Once they drew PSG and Dortmund to that group, I was like, please put Newcastle in this group because I thought they were just going to rip them apart. But they threw Milan in here, which kind of throws a wrench into everything. I was kind of hoping they'd throw a a third team nobody in there to where it's like okay, they throw like a you know a, a Royal Antwerp or a, or a Shakhtar in there where it's like okay. You know, fourth place is pretty much locked up. Now it's just a battle to see who's in advance and, you know, hoping you can get Newcastle at a decent number. Now in the group of death, I don't really know what to do with them at this price. And I'll probably what and probably what I'll end up being doing is just playing them on an individual match basis. And I kind of want to see how they do in the Premier League. They've obviously had the toughest schedule of anybody to begin the season. And it's almost a benefit to them because once we reach the Champions League stage of this, they're going to be playing some of the bottom half of the te- half uh, teams in the Premier League, so they can really, really focus on the Champions League. They don't have to, you know, play a Champions League match on Wednesday and be like, "Oh crap, we got Liverpool uh, at home on Sunday," or you know, away on Sunday. So I think it's a good benefit to them in this group stage. So that's the case you could make for Newcastle. But as we've seen, when they're playing these better teams, and you know, it's they should have won the match against Liverpool. Like going to going to City, they really, you know, that's the one team that they. They can't press and they can't, uh, you know, actually cause problems against. And then obviously going on the road to Brighton is always a very difficult environment. And their press really wasn't that great in that match either. But it is, you know, we're four matches into the season. So it's it's a little, I think it's a little bit of an overreaction for a team that's played the toughest schedule. But yeah, you cannot bet them at this price. So yeah. okay. and Dortmund, I mean, Bellingham was everything to them last season. Like absolutely everything. And losing Guerrero. And Guerrero, losing both of their production is just massive. Now you can make the case like, hey, Dortmund didn't really have a true number nine last season. That's how they struggled. And then once Hallaire came in, you know, if he hits this season, like, yes, maybe Dortmund can become an offensive threat. But like they've struggled out of the gates in the Bundesliga. Two draws against Bochum and Heidenheim, two relegation fodder teams. Like that's not great. So 
Um, but yeah, like Anthony said, the market has moved to the point where Dortmund is now the longest shot in this group, which is probably true. But at Milan at 5-1, to one, a team that has shown in the Champions League, who really kept their entire squad together outside of a couple people, they still have Leal, who is one of the best wingers in the world. Giroud is just aging like fine wine. He's still a great striker, still looking still looking incredibly handsome up there at age 30, what is he, 36 now. Um, I like this AC Milan team. I think tactically they set up very, very well. They're very, very good in the middle of the pitch, winning those duels. Uh, and I think they'll be a big-time problem, uh, especially against a PSG team, which I'm very interested to see PSG when they play Newcastle and Milan. Because what we've known from Luis Enrique for a long time with Spain is that they want to have so much possession that the out-of-possession stuff is really bad. And we've seen that throughout the World Cup and you know with Spain and the Euros as well. Is it going to be that bad at PSG as well? I think they have the talent and the center backs and, and the midfield to potentially rectify some of those transitional problems. But we'll see. If they are just as bad as we've seen with the least Enrique Spain teams, it's going to make Milan and Newcastle very, very live underdogs when they play PSG. All right, Group G, I don't think we need to spend much time talking about. We already talked about Leipzig, Anthony and I. I like City at minus 600 <laughs> to win this group for 12 yeah. units. My That's God. interesting because I actually bet the minus uh, one, one bajillion to advance. I just parlayed it with uh, if you want, the, Bri- uh, the Brisbane Lions. Brisbane Lions, baby. <laughs> Big game on Saturday night. We're recording this on Thursday. A funny, and, uh, funny story. Saturday morning, I guess. So I was at the U.S. Open with Michael uh, last Monday, and we walk, we're walking off a court to go to another court. And he pat we passed this older gentleman uh, wearing some kind of hat. Adelaide Crows. And he, he really he goes, Oh, that's an Adelaide Crows hat. And walks like twenty feet back in the opposite direction to stop the guy and then have a five minute conversation about the Adelaide Crows and how they got screwed last weekend in the <laughs> AFL. And they I'm did. just standing there like sweating my ass off, it, like, what is this guy doing? You should look it up because it, it was maybe the craziest refing mistake i've ever seen considering the stakes like they would have made the playoffs if a a, essentially a field goal that went through the uprights was called no good um and nobody stopped it and they have var so i don't know what there was something going on there uh anyways uh we'll we'll save that for our afl grand final podcast in a couple weeks uh group g like i said we'll just breeze through the city minus a thousand to uh to win it (laughs) Leipzig six uh, plus six fifty, Red Star Belgrade sixty six to one, Young Boys uh, also sixty six to one. Uh, Anthony and I talked about Leipzig. We like them. Big picture stuff sixty six to one. I think is is a really good number on this team because they should get through without an issue. That's how I would I would play it. Um, Belgrade and, at home a couple times maybe. Yeah, I think so. I think we'll probably um, you know somebody who's been on the Belgrade train for the last two seasons on this podcast in the Europa League like. I keep saying it like they every single year they put up a plus 1.5 XG differential in the Serbian league. Like it just keeps happening year after year after year. And yeah, the Serbian league is like equivalent to, you know, Denmark or Greece or, you know, that level. But the old adage in the Champions League, Michael, is if you can't do it in your domestic league, what makes you think you're going to do it in the Champions League? Well, if you can do it in your domestic league, it gives you a shot here in the Champions League. Are they going to do it here? No. So maybe play them as an underdog a couple times, maybe against Leipzig. Um, Just a a fascinating club to just kind of read about. They're they're significantly better than young boys though. So I'll be very interested to see um, what the price is on that when they play. And finally, group H also pretty straightforward here. Great draw for Porto. Um, (laughs) Barcelona minus 275, Porto plus 275. Shakhtar 20 to one and Antwerp 22 to one. Uh, BJ, you, you, this was, you, we haven't gotten to your yeah. the second leg of your group winner part life. So I'm assuming that it's uh, one of these four teams and I'm going to guess it's not uh, Antwerp. I know everybody's been on the edge of their seats uh, this entire podcast, just waiting for it. Yeah. Arsenal. Barcelona. I had forgotten. We, we, you said that earlier. <laughs> I'm sure everybody already has uh, Barcelona. Arsenal, a good host. It's all about the callbacks and, and the little jaunts into the uh, AFL. <laughs> Group parlay, uh, to win the group parlay, Arsenal, Barcelona at plus 115. I, I just don't see Barcelona really getting threatened in this group. You know, Shakhtar and Royal Antwerp are, are massive steps below even Porto uh, in this group. And Porto, 
they didn't really lose much this summer. So like you could make the argument, like maybe they'll be pesky. Like they've always been here in the champions league, you know, playing in that low block. But if you look at Porto's midfield, uh, it's, it's pretty barren and Barcelona, especially with their midfield is going to absolutely run them over. They did keep Taremi despite a lot of interest uh, from around Europe, which is a positive for Porto. You know, they'll still have the same center back pairing. Costa is still in goal. Uh, so it's still a very good team. That's going to be very, effective in their low block but again barcelona like i've already said is a top four team in the world and they should really not be threatened in this group and quite frankly i think the price on them should be closer to minus 350 minus 375 to win this group as opposed to uh the minus 270 range so parlaying them with arsenal two teams that i think have the easiest walk uh through these groups that's not named manchester city um I think is a decent price at plus 115. Porto perennially undervalued as an underdog in these groups, I think. And I think that it's just the, con- uh, you know, the, the defensive organization that they always have uh, under Conciao and, and how that plays for them. And, and the fact that they do not consistently, you know, flash, they're not a flashy team, so they don't get rated. You know, they don't have all these like dynamic attackers all the time. And then it's like, Oh, we lost them all. We got to go find new ones. Um, they're just consistent. Like the midfield's always good, the defense is always good. Um, they've had their beatdown losses, but they're consistently underrated. And I think they're going to give Barca some real trouble in this group because I just don't like. I like Barca a lot. I think that Barca's flaws exist, and they've consistently existed under Xavi, and that scares me. Not enough to the point where I trust Porto against these two bottom teams to get enough points to win this group. But I think that they're going to give Barca everything they want. So. Uh, I'm looked. I'll probably just play Porto a couple times against Barca, catching big numbers, um, and then hope that they can get a result or two, and, and Barca still wins the group for for BJ's ticket. Thank you. That's very nice of you. What a what a good way to end this this podcast. A little goodwill. Uh, all right. I, if you've been listening to us, you know we'll we'll when the Champions League fires up. Oh, actually, before we head out of here, Europa League, <laughs> real quick. Um, yeah. BJ, do you, do you have anything? I do. I have one thing, and what I will tell people about betting Europa League futures to begin with is if there's a long shot that you really like, I would play it right now. If, like, I think the the age old question, I think anybody on this who's listening to this podcast is probably wondering, like, do I bet Brighton at 14 to 1? No, is the answer to that question because they have been put in a very difficult group and actually like the longest shot in that group to get out of it, which is AEK Athens. They're in a group, obviously, with Brighton, Marseille, and Ajax. AEK Athens was a team I was just chomping at the bit to target. Plus 1.62 expected goal differential in the Greek Super League last season. And the Greek Super League is not, you know, a bottom, you know, 20 league in, in Europe. Like, it is actually a halfway decent league. I mean, Olympiakos is in the Europa League group stage here. Panathinaikos is also here as well. And, you know... Panathinaikos also knocked out Marseille in Champions League qualification. So Marseille in this group with their problems. And you look at Marseille as well. You know, I've always, you know, been against them and, and really have, you know, hated them for a very long time. They're going through a little bit of a transitional period now. Like if you look at last season, like their most productive attacker was Alexi Sanchez, who had like 15 goals for them. Nobody else really produced more than six or seven. You know, Checky Under, he was their next best productive attacker, and he's now off to Fenerbahce. So, you know, they obviously bring in Ishmael Assar and uh, Endai from Sheffield United and and Aubameyang to replace all of that. But they're going through a new manager in a transitional period, so I think it's going to be very difficult for them. And then Ajax, they got raided again. You know, Kudus gone, Alvarez gone, Timber gone. And if you look at Ajax last season, yes, they put up, great numbers in the Eredivisie. But if you only target their matches against PSV, against Feyenoord, and against Alkmaar, they didn't win a single match against those teams last year. So Ajax is a team I'm going to be looking to fade a lot in this group. I believe they uh, open with AEK Athens, which I will be on the Greek team in that. They are Athens is 7-1. to one to advance out of this group. I think Brighton wins it uh, pretty comfortably. But a price is 7-1 to one for a team that I don't think is that significant of a gap between uh, Marseille and Ajax. And the assist master, Steven Zuber, plays for AK, AK Athens, by the way, uh, as well. So um, that's my one Europa League future for everybody out there. 
How did Brighton get a worse, a tougher group than our, our in the Europa League than Arsenal got in the Champions League? It's crazy. Pretty wild. <laughs> oh, is there a little underlying thing you think going on here? Well, I mean, Arsenal have been rigging the, the cup draws for years oh, uh, and, yeah. and domestically, but now they've done it abroad as mm-hmm. well. So yep. very impressive. But yeah, no, Liverpool got, Liverpool got the biggest joke group ever. I know. I mean, hey, to, lose about and, to lose Lask and, and uh, Union St. Joe Wilds, who just lost their best player. Uh, so <laughs> I, I haven't fully dug into the Europa League, but uh, I'll bet it here and there in the group stage, maybe like one, once or twice a week. But it, it can get wonky in the in Europa League yep. group stage for sure. I'll have an entire Europa League big preview. I'll probably write 5,000 words on it just for everybody out there. 4,999 too many. Yep. And we need one. It's Brighton, 14 to 1. All right. I actually uh, don't so, think they're a good tournament team. I think, in fact, I'm out. Well, also, Brighton. just because the team's coming down from the Champions League, like it's, it makes it very hard to bet that at 14 to 1. Whereas, like, okay, if they accidentally yeah. finish second in that group, then it's like, here comes Manchester United to play Brighton in the knockout round of 16. You know? And that's when we and that's when we bet Brighton. That's when we bet Brighton. Exactly. Although they're probably like a road favorite at that point against United. Okay, let's wrap it up here. Um, if you've been listening, you know, but the cadence for the show when, when Champions League comes, we, we record them on Sunday night, and they'll be out for you on Monday morning. So look out for those as we get going with the Champions League. And, of course, we'll be back on Thursday mornings to do our regular Premier League Plus episodes coming up um, for Anthony DeBundo for BJ Cunningham for our sponsors. Bet365, I'm Michael Leboff. Thank you for listening to Wonder Goal. Best of luck with all your bets. Uh, it's a busy time on the sports calendar, so we do appreciate you guys listening uh, to our humble little soccer show. And if you don't mind leaving a review, as, uh, as long as it's five stars, you can say anything you want. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.